Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hey Rob, you okay mate? How's your week been mate? Yeah, it's been alright, it's been good mate. Enjoyed enjoyed the match on Sunday and uh, looking forward to the start of the season. Now it's edging ever closer. Yes, yeah, getting closer every every day. Two weeks to go, we'll all be getting down ready to uh, watch that settlements clash. Joining us on the show, we've also got Paul Parkin. Alright Parky? Evening, Rob. Evening, Paul. How's your week been? Uh, a roller coaster. Let's let's put it that way. There's uh, ups and downs and twists and turns. But uh, like Paul said, Sunday uh, certainly makes everything worthwhile. So yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yes, yeah, lockdown in it. Everyone's getting a bit either sort of twitchy that it's gone on for this long, or getting excited because there's sort of a. Uh, you know, the the deadlines are getting closer, aren't they? And everyone's getting a bit more close to freedom, aren't they, Paul? Yeah, let's hope so, mate. Let's hope, let's hope so. It's all like uh, sort of bed and work, isn't it, mate? But, uh, or bed and strike for me. So, uh, but no, yeah, I think there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just like, looking at the weather forecast tonight. It looks all right for the weekend. And somebody mentioned spring before on the telly. So that perked me up a bit as well. So uh, the nights seem a bit lighter, don't they? And yeah, I think I think we'll be getting there soon, mate. I, I, I hope so anyway. Yeah, I think what it is, is when life gets starts getting tough, Park, just about sort of breaking it down, isn't it, really, into little sort of manageable pieces and every little win's a win. Yeah, yeah, it's about the battle. Uh, each battle, you know, during every war, isn't it? It adds up, but uh, I've just got this horrible feeling as soon as lockdown gets gets cleared and we're all free again, we're going to have the wettest winter on record, uh, summer on record. <laughs> I've got this horrible feeling we'll all be sat outside pubs in Packermax or something like that. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, it, it'd be good to come out of this and see see everyone again. And, you know, I, I just miss. I've said it to a few people. I miss the the interaction, especially with the, with fans, getting to just talk about rugby if it's in a pub or at the ground or wherever. I think we're all missing that, and uh, you know, it's part of everything else in life, like your family. But you know, rugby's more important. And uh, yeah, so just just to get back to normal, I think that be that's what we're looking forward to now. Yeah, I, th- I think what it is, it's, it's, you've got to make uh, the best of what you've got. I think, and you know, every every day, just trying to make sort of sort of make it make yourself laugh or make yourself sort of smile. Every little every little thing sort of gives you that little bit of a boost on it to get you through the rest of the day, Paul. Yeah, it does. It does. I've sort of always tried to be like that, really. I think I get off my dad. My dad's a bit like that. I never really sort of bothers at a crisis and, and just sort of smiles. And I think I think sometimes you have to do, don't you? If you if you're too downbeat about things, you you let it get to you, don't you? So it's been hard this last sort of 12 months, hasn't it? I mean, with, with the COVID thing and then we've had all these strikes at work and that, and you can let it all build up and let it all get in your shoulders, but but you can't. And I'm lucky I've got a good family as well. My wife's really good, um, very supportive with, with us for our cause and things we've been going on at work. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky I've got a good family around me. But yeah, it'd be great to... Um, to, to get back seeing people again, like Parky says, and going to the match. And and uh, just a special mention to James Oscars, and he came down to our picket line on uh, on Monday, actually, to see me. That's the first time I've seen him for ages, you know, since, you know, rugby had finished and he brought all the lads down on our picket, some donuts and drinks and all that. And a uh, bit of Salford memorabilia for me as well that I'd bought off him. So we met at a social distance and stuck that in my car. So that was, that was one of the highlights of my week, really. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting back to the match and seeing everybody. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story, uh, Parky. I was on my walk, my, my, my um, daily walk. So the doctor told me I need to do a bit more exercise. 
And I was walking along the uh, the park where there's a football pitch, and there's a guy playing, um, you know, cross, you know, the crossbar challenge where you try and kick the ball and hit the crossbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm about forty yards from 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 him kicking this ball against his crossbar, and he hits it, and I'm like looking, thinking that's pretty good from wherever it was, thirty yards out. So he goes again, misses, walks like sort of ten yards as the ball goes to the back of the goal, kicks it, misses. Yeah, so. This guy he misses and he walks back to the uh, sort of the penalty spot, Parky, and I'm on the sort of the edge of the six yard box, and I kind of uh, sort of sort of give him the signal to t- for him to take his shot, and he and he kind of waves me across the you know across the box, so I thought I'll have a bit of fun with him here, so I position myself in the middle of the goal and set myself like a like a goalkeeper, and he and he wondered what I was doing, and I just kind of sort of put my hands out, signalling like I'll just I'll be in goal for one shot. So he steps up, pressure's there. One one step, takes a shot, guess what happens? Go on. Wonderful left-hand save, pushes it round the post. Guy walking his dog behind the goal, claps with glorious uh, enthusiasm on my efforts. I get up, I give him a, a, cheeky, a cheeky thumbs up and walk off. Yeah, so things like that, Parker. You know, you do things like that in, in lockdown uh, to put a smile on your face and, uh, you know, get you through the, the, the other dark times. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that the lad who, who shot you saved would be uh, too happy about it. But uh, yeah, you, you've got to look for uh, anything that can sort of perk up your day a little bit, haven't you? And uh, just like you say, just try and keep smiling and and just wait for the rugby season to kick off again. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about now. We'll look back at the Wigan uh, friendly. We've got uh, the post-match interview with Richard Marshall uh, and then we'll look at all the big news coming out of Solfra Devils uh, this week. So what we'll do, we'll start with the Wigan Friendly. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were victorious in their first friendly of 2021 at the AJ Bell Stadium. They beat Wigan Warriors 20 points to 6. Paul, good result uh, for Richard Marshall's men in their first run out. Yeah, it was a good result. And I mean, in, in pre-season games, I don't like to call them friendlies, pre-season games, you, you, you don't always look at the score, do you? You're just looking at how the team perform, you know, looking at the, the new combinations and the new players, you know, looking at people's fitness and what you don't want is, is injuries and things like that. But they seem, it seems, apart from the James Greenwood, who got a bit of a knock, uh, I think we came through pretty much unscathed, really. And very, very impressed with what I saw, Rob. You know, great start to the game, very enterprising stuff. You know, we came out with a completion rate of 85% in those conditions, which was was tremendous, really. Played the conditions really well and just looked really good, looked really solid. Defence, excellent. I mean, we'll dissect the game, obviously, as we go through. But, you know, a really, really encouraging performance. You know, a lot happened in the, in the close season, didn't it, with Ian Watson leaving and, and some big-name players leaving as well and new players have come in. And it's a big boost that supporters needed, I think. And reading some of the supporters' comments on, on social media, and everybody seems to be really behind Richard Marshall and really behind the, the club and just can't wait to get back supporting him. So, yeah, it was a rotten day, really rotten day, horrible, chucking it down, but, you know, a really good result. And I think it sort of, it spurred everybody on now for the start of the season. Yeah, I think I think the important thing, uh, Parky, I think was intensity levels. I thought, you know, that the Salford, considering it was the first game, uh, in in the uh, in the sort of the preseason and the only preseason game that they've had the you know, official one they've had uh, they showed sort of good touches and they played at a, a good level. People have talked about sort of why that 
you know, previous pre-seasons, they've, they've played sort of Swinton Lions and, and Lee when they were in the in the sort of the first division. Uh, but this time they've, they've gone for a sort of Super League opposition straight off the bat. And I think it, it kind of shows in that performance. You know, I think uh, when, you, when you sort of try and assess that performance, it, it was all round. Like you said about, you know, it, we we seemed to just control the whole game. We had the, a, probably a better better game plan. And don't, you don't want to read too much into pre-season, but there was just something there, more enthusiasm from from players. And, and they didn't let up for the 80 minutes. That was the key. Uh, there wasn't, you know, sort of the last 10, 15 minutes, we, you know, we just take it easy. Right up to the final, uh, you know, Hooter, we were still defending our line like it, it was a grand final. It was brilliant to watch. So much to be uh, encouraged about with, with, with the lads and so many great individual performances. Um, like I say, you've got to try and keep you know feet on the ground a little bit with it being a pre-season game. But I, I was I was so impressed. Um, he put a real smile on my face and a, you know a bit of a spring in my step. And now you start looking forward to you know to, to what we can do this season. I think that's what it is. I think we're, we're kind of looking forward to this season with what we've achieved last season and you know the season before. Richard Marshall coming in, uh, Paul with his with his new ideas and and sort of knowing you know what to expect when you play for a you know when you coach a top side and what he can do with these players and it's an exciting time really. Yeah, it's certainly it's a new chapter, isn't it? Really, Rob. Now we don't really know what to. I didn't what to expect on Sunday when I went and. You know, it looked like it was going to be a tough game, and, and it was. You know, we're going to a good side, but I was just impressed with everything. Really, the defense was excellent. The fitness levels was tremendous. Like Parky said, there the, the the sort of understanding that the players had, like you both said. You know, it looked like they'd been playing together for, for ages. You know, the, everybody seemed to do the job right, and just the little things, the the hunger that was there. They were first to everything. You'd have thought it was a grand final the way they played it. You know, particularly at the end. There, I was watching at the end. Holding the line, countless number of times they held the Wigan players up over the line. They've got a big pack, Wigan as well. You know, some good players in that side. You look at the likes of Liam Farrell, Bateman, Zach Hardacre. These are these are real top players, aren't they? And uh, we did a job on them. We really did. I think we we put them in the place. And some of the guys making the debut for Solf and some of the new players really really impressed with them. You know, Morgan Esquire I thought was excellent. You know, the, the the forwards that came on, tremendous display. Really was really give us heart for the season. We showed some really good tries. And we've still got players to come back as well. You know, big players as well. You know, Captain Lee Mossop's got to come back. Declan Patton, Joe Burgess, who's one of the best wingers in the competition. So there's still an awful lot to be excited about, Rob, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Yep, Salford's first try, scored by Callum Watkins. Uh, Parker, lovely little kick through by Tuilola here. Uh, and the centre uh, picked the ball up and crashed over the line uh, for the first try for Salford. Yeah, it was it. A great move. The, the kicking game was something that impressed me from from start to finish. With uh, you know, we had so many options with kicking the ball from from hand, uh, and it seemed like virtually every kick was was perfectly placed. You know, in those conditions. Um, yeah, to it looked he looked absolute quality uh, on Sunday. Everything he seemed to do had a little bit of a bit of a swagger, and a, you know, he seems to be playing with a smile on his face a little bit. And when you've got somebody like. Uh, Callum outside, who's always going to be a threat. And then, you know, obviously you've got, I mean, our back line is, is, looks sensational anyway, but he just knows where to be and, and what to do. And it, that calmness under pressure when he was going for, the, you know, when he was chasing the kick, in them conditions, it can go anywhere. Um, but I don't think anyone even, you know, remotely thought that it wasn't going to go anywhere, but in, you know, in his hands over the try line. Um, great, great start to the game. And, and it's shown that there was, 
there was something there that the players knew. There was like a pattern and a, it was a play that was on. They'd obviously spoke about it. You know, they, they maybe knew that Wigan might not be as strong in that area. Um, and if he, if he's just made that up on the spot, that kick, and, and Callum is aware as he was just to chase it anyway. I mean, that's, you know, that, that that's brilliant. That's just, you know, reading somebody's mind. But uh, oh, it was a great start to the game for us. Yeah, great start for Salford. Unfortunately, Wigan hit back, um, Paul, off the back of two penalties conceded. Uh, Powell scoots over from dummy half. Salford's defence kind of, um, you know, asleep, let's say, uh, and Wigan hit back. Yeah, it's a difficult one to defend that sometimes. You know, Sam Powell's a master of that. We had Joey Lussett last season who did the same sort of thing for us. So, yeah, a bit of a defensive clock off there. But look at the grand scheme of things. That was the only real sort of nod off we had in the game really so um, you know the concentration over that was, was really good I thought and the goal line defence was, was tremendous and one thing that impressed me and there was a lot, an awful lot of talk in the close season about you know Ian Watson taking Greg Brown and that Cal Fulston went as well didn't he you know, the conditioning team and the fitness and all that of the players the fitness on Sunday I thought was as good as I've seen at the start of a season what, one word that gets banded about a lot of the time in, in, in pre-season games is rusty rusty and we, we're not right yet we're not hitting our straps they they were, you know, the 80 minutes there, everybody looked up for it. Everybody was, you know, running their blood to water. And, you know, the players that were coming off the bench were running around like headless chickies because they wanted to get involved. You know, you know, people wanted to impress Richard Marshall. And I thought that was great. The intensity levels were fantastic. And uh, you can't ask for more than that. You know, the result, I thought, was excellent in the end. And it wasn't just winning the game that, that pleased me. It was the, the manner of the victory, the manner of the performance. Really. That was the most pleasing thing. Yeah, I think the thing that impressed me off the back of that, Parky, was uh, Wigan sort of stepped up their their efforts for, for a quick five minutes and we repelled that and then went again and, and put Wigan, I think, it back for a, for a dropout at that point. And, you know, things like that, it's kind of like becomes a mental game, doesn't it, really? That, yeah, you, you have scored against us, but we can go again and we can go an extra gear. Yeah, I think in, in certain parts of the game, we... we... We stifled what they wanted to do, and and, and we we knocked the stuffing out of them a little bit. I thought our pack, considering like Paul said, they've got so many players missing. Obviously, Moose is still out and with a suspension, and and we're going to have Darcy Lussick to come in and play prop at some point, and uh, Ollie Roberts, Greg Burke, who for me is one of the you know one unsung hero. I think I think he's he, he does his job, and in conditions like that, he'd have been the perfect player to have. You know, when, it, when it, conditions are wet and rainy and muddy. He's just a go-forward player, puts his nut down and goes. So, you know, you've still got them, them kind of players to come in. And our, our pack really controlled theirs. And they have, got, like Paul said before, they've got a really big pack. You know, people kept going, oh, the, the young lads. These these aren't young lads. You know, these are experienced players now. They a lot, Most of them had, you know, a, a good year or two in them at, at Super League level. Um, but, yeah, we, we just snuffed them out. We wouldn't let them get on top. We didn't let their, for, uh, their back line do, do anything at all. We just... We kept it all together, and uh, and we put them on the back foot again, like you say, forcing dropouts and uh, or at least holding them right near their line and saying, "Well, go on. If you're going to score, you've got to beat us all the way up the pitch." And and as Paul said, our lads look so fit and so willing and and quicker, just quicker, not just in 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 physical speed, but actually of thinking about the game was going to be played in them conditions. So, you know, we, we, we weren't going to give them a chance. After that try, I think the team had probably made a decision that, you know, if you're going to score, it's going to have to be something special. Yep, Salford found the momentum, uh, Paul. Uh, Ken Seal, 
uh, scored for Salford to put Salford back in the lead. Another assist from Tuilala here and lots of uh, competition in that back line uh, for Salford and for Ken Seal to get over for a try uh, this early in the season is not going to help his, help boost his confidence. Yeah, certainly. It was a great kick for, from Tuilala here, wasn't it? He put it on a plate for him. I think I could have scored that. It was a great it was a great kick right near the line. and That's what you want. And Looking at that on Sunday, I was thinking to myself, you, the back line we've got there now, you've got Ken Seo, you've got Joel Burgess to come in, you've got Kristen Inu, you've got Reese Williams, who scored a fantastic try at Wembley, and he's going to take some shifting out of that team. So he came on and you could see that with him. You've got your centres there, you've Callum Watkins, Matty Costello came on, I thought was really good. Dan Sargison, I thought was tremendous for that, that, that hour. That I think he played about an hour, and I thought he was absolutely outstanding. He's all action. He's all action in defence, all action with the ball, and Parky was saying before, just off air, he can't believe how Wigan let him go. He's an absolute gem. So the two centres you've got there in Watkins and Sargison, two of the best in the league. So, no, really, really, really excited by that. But yeah, it was a really good try. The only sort of thing that was disappointing was just after that, I think James Greenwood hobbled off. He was down for a while, getting treatment, the stretcher came on. But, you know, a positive thing was he, he did go off on his own steam. He sort of hobbled off there. I think he's a bit of concussion, so he might be out for a week or so, but should be right for the next game, really. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was a bit of a disappointing thing for the, in that first half. But the only, the only sort of bit of disappointing news, really. Yeah, so obviously half-time, uh, Richard Marshall decided to rotate his, uh, his squad a bit parky. And, you know, we, we didn't see much of a difference in, in sort of style or, or intensity levels. The people who sort of came on and rotated kept playing at that, you know, optimum level. Yeah, I think, like we were saying before, the competition for, for places is that strong that if any player doesn't, you know, perform one week to the next, they won't be in the team because there's that much uh, depth in, in the squad now. And I think every player knew that once he got his chance, he's got to take it. Um, but there was, it seemed like... A, They've been that well drilled. Everybody on the team knew their position, knew where they had to be, knew what they had to do. And it didn't seem to matter who came on. So there were times when I didn't even realise a certain player had gone off, especially when we took the halfbacks off later on. It was kind of, it just, it was seamless. Um, and we just seemed to, to get a little bit better, a little bit stronger every time. And I, I mean, like Paul said, it's, you know, it's exciting to see. And I think I messaged Paul on Sunday when Sarge went off. I know Paul was doing the, the the uh, obviously the commentary and everything. Um, I, I was so impressed with Dan, Dan Sargenton again. I, he's, I know he obviously he's playing Wigan, another you know point to prove, I suppose. But he's just so so everything he seems to do is just quality. He just seems to have that class. And and with Watkins in the other centre, could, we could have potentially two international centres in the World Cup for me. It, they, they are that good. But Dan Sargenton for that, like Paul said, for that hour. Everything he did was right. He seemed to just be popping up in areas where he shouldn't be, the other side of the pitch. But he just wanted to get so involved. But it didn't matter who was playing where or, or you know, what person over on the pitch. There was a game plan and we stuck to it. And, uh, and it, you know, obviously worked out really well. Yep, Salford managed to build the pressure, um, Paul. And uh, Salford's next try score was uh, Escali. Um Little kick through, he dived on it and scored. He impressed me. Uh, throughout played him at fullback, uh, rotated him with uh, Dan Sargis in that in that second half, and you know I I think it kind of shows that we've got sort of class all over the field. Well, yeah, it's a big position fullback, isn't it? And we're Niall levels leaving to go to Cast. We've had continuity there for a number of years, haven't we? With Niall playing there, and he takes big shoes to fill, really. And 
Escari, just similar sort of player, I'd say, you know, with the, going forward anyway. Uh, he's attack wise, he's, he's, you know, he's got a nice step on him as well. And, I, you know, if my memory serves right, I've not seen the replay of that try. I, I think Escari kicked it through. It was his, his, his kick, he followed up. So, um, yeah, I was impressed with it. He looked very solid as well under high balls and in defence. Nothing seemed to to phase him really. So he's got to settle in, obviously. But no, it, it was a good 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 debut for him. It was great to see Conor Aspie come on as well in sort of the last come on about the hour mark, then for the last twenty minutes, and he looked bigger to me. He looked like he'd filled out. His upper body looked really big. He took the ball in well at dummy half. His ball distribution was excellent for him. From uh, from acting half, and you know going forward against a big Wigan pack, he, he didn't sort of back down at all he, he wanted to get involved and I think that's another good success story going forward as well playing with a guy like Andy Akers who to me I think is one of the best hookers in the league I think Andy Akers is, is quality um, and Connor's going to learn an awful lot of him so so yeah but the Escarade try put 16-6 up and uh, we, we were looking pretty comfortable at that time yeah, Seal had another try, he disallowed for forward pass uh, Parky and then at the, the towards the back end of the, the game um, Chris Nenu, um scored to make it 20 points to six and he uh, he barged over uh, to uh, to finish the scoring uh, yeah I mean the, the the passing leading up to that try was you know the, the whole move was brilliant but in whose take the way he got that ball and got over he, he sort of defied belief again them conditions were horrific you know I was sat in my living room and I, I could feel it um, but he, he, you know he, safe as houses and again going back to the squad you know, Inu's not confirmed he's going to get a starting spot when everybody's fit. I mean, that's how crazy it is. I mean, a player with that ability that can do that. Um, but as soon as he scored that, obviously the game was the game was safe. It was just a case of seeing it out. But the work that went into getting that try and then his quality to actually get the ball over the line, uh, really, really, really encouraging. But again, it seemed like there was a plan there. You know, it wasn't... It, you can have as much sort of off-the-cuff stuff, and we've done that over the last few years really well, but it looked like we knew where we were going to go, what, where we needed to attack. Um, and we saw at the back end of last season when Kenny Seo got injured that uh, Inu came in and what an impact he had. You know, he wasn't playing really before that. Uh, and then he came in and, he, you know, he scored God knows how many tries in them last few games. Um, he's got the power, he, you know, he's got a good step, he's got a great, great handoff. Um so we know what he's, he's capable of. And uh, we, we've obviously looked at it and thought, out wide there, you know, if we get the ball to him, he's going to take some stopping. So overall, I mean, that just caps off for me what was a, a an unbelievable performance when he, when he took that ball. Um, and like Paul was saying before, you know, the completion rate was so high in, in awful conditions. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And again, probably goes down to a little bit of coaching, but, the players themselves uh, are a real credit. Yeah, Paul. Obviously, Wigan were under strength. Um, can we can we think about this as a, a, a you know a great victory, or, or is it just something that's something to build on? Salford so were under strength as well. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think so. I, I'm not. No, nothing. You don't win the, the grand final or, or a Challenge Cup or league points for beating Wigan in the preseason game, so it doesn't bother me. That I, I, I saw some stuff in the press of him saying, "Oh, these Wigan youngsters and all that." Don't buy it. I'm not interested in it. All of them interested in us doing well, and you know we've got we've got to take positives from that, and we will take positives from that into that St. Helens game. Now that's our next game. Now it's it's so cliche. I say it all the time to you. Each game as it comes now, 
and that's that's a confidence builder. I'd rather us beat Wigan twenty points to six and lose twenty points to six. So, yeah, it, it was a good win, and there was lots and lots of positives that came out of the game. Not only the defence, the desire, the you know the willingness to defend and, and hold Wigan out. The, 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 the way we played, eighty five percent completion rate. The way we moved the ball, some of the tries that we scored, it was peeing it down that pitch. I mean, I don't, I, the pitch is always immaculate, Salford, but there was pools of water on it, and it did look a bit dodgy in places. Not not to do with the, the people who look after the pitch; they do a great job. The weather, because of the, that much rain, and to play that sort of rugby league that we played on it, you know, imagine when it starts getting drier and that we're going to be a real solid team to watch, real excellent, exciting team to watch. Richard Marshall's going to want to play that way. He spent two years at St. Helens working. With Holbrook and, and Kristen Wolf, they've got to two grand finals and one, and they played some excellent, exciting stuff. And he's not going to come to Salford and play up your jumper rugby, is he? He's going to play that expansive game, and I think we're going to do really well. Really buoyed by that, but obviously you can't get too excited over over one game. We've got to build on that now. Yeah, talking about uh, Richard Marshall, uh, I spoke to him uh, in the post-match press conference about the game. This is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Good, good win and a good workout today for your team. Yeah, it was, it was, and that's exactly what it was. It was a, a real good workout. Um, it's nice to uh, to win a friendly, win any game. Uh, I was disappointed with the try that we conceded. I thought I thought we were a little bit sloppy there on goal line, and we've set some high standards this year in defence. Uh, so that's something that we need to look at. Uh, but we scored some nice tries, we scored some nice points, and, and I thought our skill level, I think we completed at 85%, which in horrendous conditions like that is, is, a, is a real shot in the arm for us. Yeah, you talked about intense levels in training. Did you see that on the field today, considering it was the first, uh, first kick about? Yeah, we did. We did. We did. We, we saw the intensity and, and, the, and the attitude and the mindset that, we, that we've been after for a number of weeks, um, but we can't get carried away. Uh, we play the current reigning champions in two weeks' time. It will be a different game against them. We'll have to do everything that we did today and probably another 10% at least uh, to get ourselves in the picture against St. Helens. Uh, both uh, Dan Sargent and Morgan Estley had spells up fullback uh, today. Uh, does that add to your selection ahead of it? Both played really well. They both did. Yeah, they both did a, a really good jobs. Um uh, so yeah, it does. It does. Um, we're not quite sure yet. As we said earlier, we're not quite sure. Uh, what we do know is that we've got players who can play in multiple positions, and uh, basically they just play for the teammates. Uh, as long as you've got that, we won't be far off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting. You know what a great dilemma for us as as coaches to have. Did anyone else impress you today and put the the marker on the starting lineup in two weeks' time? Um. Yeah, I don't want to single out anybody out. I just thought the whole team uh, was really good and worked really hard. There were different players in different positions. I thought our starting first three uh, did a real good job. Seb, uh, Jack Omeroyd and Andy Ackers, uh, and they led it because Wigan uh, are ferocious. Their pack is ferocious. It goes after you, it goes hunting. I thought we we, we withstood that really well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm working off the back of two his kicking game. Thought that was excellent. I thought his kicks, his kick selection was really good at crucial times today. Um, so yeah, so really happy with the with, with the whole performance. Yeah, all the chopping and changing in the second half. The game management was still high. Must be impressed with that. 
I was actually, and I thought um, Elijah Taylor, when he came on, offered, offered us a different dynamic in and around that middle, uh, which was good. Chris Atkin uh, fed off the back of that. Um, so, yeah, there's... Uh, we've worked really hard in training. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we've done so many skill sessions and so many contact sessions. You know, the, the players, we've, towards the end, we, they could have been broken. Uh, we just pulled back a little bit over the last week. Uh, but we've worked really hard and, and that was a, a, an eye to start the Super League really well because uh, we knew we were playing against St. Helens. Uh, so it's good that we've already had a, a little bit of a hit out against them and, and Wigan today who... You know, it's no no easy feat beating a Wigan team, so I'm pretty happy with that. Is it obviously you've had a few bumps and bruises in in the top of the build up? Is that a, a good thing? Do you have to kind of break them to make them, or is that a worry for you? Well, your body adaptation, um, yeah, you can't go too easy, but uh, we've we've done it. It's been a, a regimented program, but it's been a, a, a success. I think our strength and conditioning department's been outstanding. Uh, I thought I thought we looked strong. I thought we looked strong. Some of our young players look a lot stronger um, in and around the contacts area, uh, which is important. Uh, so they've listened, they've developed, and they've adapted. Uh, and we'll still we'll still do that all throughout the season. We just got to make sure that you know by round twenty five we're in the still similar position that we're still fighting strong. Yeah, two weeks till the season starts. What's the plan now? Just ten tensity levels going up and up. Uh, probably a little bit of the opposite. We'll probably look after him over the next, certainly this week. We'll look after him this week. Uh, we were going to, we'll, we'll be doing some, some, some more teamwork. Again, looking on our combinations. Uh, we'll sit down as a group and we'll pan out how we want it to look at the start of the season. Um, we've not set any goals or targets, um, but we will look at uh, Saint Helens as well, um, and that'll give us a good preparation. You know, seven, ten days to to look at Saint Helens and getting stuck into them as well. Cheers, Rick, and well done today. Thank you. So that was Richard Marshall at Parquet talking to myself after the game, and he talked about the next challenge and the next game against Settlers and having to go extra 10% on what we've seen on Sunday uh, to, to give Saints that you know challenge. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the Saints game, Saints away at any time is, is tough. First up, you know, two years running, Can you? I, I don't know, somebody's, Got it in for us, I think. Um, stopping, you know, the likes of James Roby and, and Wamsley and people like making big meters, that, that's a big test. And especially, again, go back to the, to the Wigan game and people saying that, uh, oh, Wigan had a, a young squad out or whatever. I'd like to know how many of them players that played on Sunday will play for Wigan this season. And I bet it's a large percentage of that team. And just because they've got, you know, a younger squad than us, that's tough. That's that's the way it's going to be. Do you know what I mean? That. I don't, I don't buy, like Paul said, I don't buy this, oh, they were under strength or whatever. I mean, we were. So, you know, just, just got to deal with that. But moving on to Saints, when it actually means something and you go into to the Totally Wicked or Langtree or whatever it's called these days, it, 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 it feels like an almost impossible task, especially with our record in Saints Ellings. It's not uh, not exactly the greatest, is it? Um, but, but again, like Paul said, we've got to be so infused by what we've seen uh, I'm sure Richard Marshall now has got some massive headaches as to who who goes in that 17 from the what 22, 23 players he used the other day. Um, you know, there's so many players that didn't didn't get a chance. Um, I think I think we, we we're in with a shout, and you can catch teams cold at the start of the season. And uh, Saints is going to be a massive step up from any friendly you play. Uh, there's such a such a great squad with some you know some of the best players around. Um, 
but we, we've got to be positive now. I'm sure the players are looking at it that way. I can't wait to get stuck in. Yeah, uh, Paul, he talks about selection headaches and you know how, how he looks strong uh, during the contest. And I suppose it's, it's a good thing that he has you know, that quality of player available to him that he's, he doesn't have a sort of a select few that he knows that will get in the team. Everyone is competing for a shirt and that's only going to sort of benefit him as the coach and uh, the club and those fans because obviously everyone's pulling in the right direction. Well, yeah, and and you need that. You, you need some strength in depth and you need competition for places, don't you? It's a long season, you know, and, and squad depth is, is vitally important now, I think, in the modern game. I mean, injuries are inevitable, aren't they? Every team gets injuries. You can't say, oh, we want to go through the season without injuries. You will get injuries. It's just part and parcel of the sport. So the, the more players you've got, the more quality you've got, the more you can deal with the season. And I don't know. I've not really looked at the fixtures. I'm not too sure when the games are all going to be played. I've seen the fixture list, but they're just weekends, aren't they? So we don't really know what day we're going to be playing on. And games could back up with, with what's going on. You don't know. So we need that that good squad, that big, strong squad. And Richard Marshall's got that now. He's got competition for places. And it's a nice headache to have. That sort of headache to have where you, you're not too sure who to pick. And that it's a good one rather than, you know, be struggling for players and you've got to play somebody out of position. If you've got players there who are ready to come in, like we said before, we've got Joel Burgess who's got to come back, Declan Patton's an, an excellent sort of footballer, isn't he? When I've seen him at Warrington, he's, you know, he'll, he'll bring something to the party and he's going to put pressure on the half-backs as well. So, uh, and those forwards have got to come back in. So, so yeah, he's got to make some decisions now ahead of that game. But one player who I was impressed with, again, you know, singling people out so much, was Kevin Brown on, uh, on Sunday. I mean, he had quite a lot of surgery, I believe, in the close season, what, 36, 37 years of age and, he didn't seem to have any lasting sort of effects of that. He looked really sharp to me. His ball at Hamden was really good, and that's another positive because that that halfback sort of section now we've got we've got a lot of choice there. We've gone from just having maybe two halfbacks to to four or five now. So and, and goal kickers as well. We've got quite a few goal kickers in the squad. So it's all looking really positive. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what kind of squad he can put together uh, Parky um, against St. Helens because obviously everyone played the part against Wigan uh, and I suppose it'll all come down to what's happening uh, in, in training and uh, who, who impresses. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like, you know, give, give a mention to like Jack Ormond-Royd and, and, and obviously Greenwood until he went off and then Wells when he came on. These these are players that we you probably look at if you look at the squad and think these are these are probably fringe players, or you know, what not not a chance for for me. Now I think these guys are they're, they're up for for being picked. That's why you know they, they did play so well. This was their chance to to shine. And when when you've got the likes of uh, Lee Mossop and and Greg Burke out of the team and uh, uh, Darcy Lussick, someone's got to fill them shirts. And these guys really impressed me. And I think that you know they've developed. They've, they've had a year with us. Uh, obviously, Ollie Roberts has got to come back. Uh, I, like Paul said, it's a great headache to have, um, but a lot of players put themselves in a in a good position for me on on Sunday, and even even the back line, you know, again we, we've got great cover and deck patterns a great shout when when you mention the you know the injuries that or surgery that Kev Brown's had. But if Kev Brown is out, it's not a bad replacement, is it? Um, the only thing that that Brownie will have obviously over well anybody now is is the experience. He knows how to get you into the right position. He showed it last year. Certainly in that semi-final against Warrington, uh, the conditions again that day were awful. Kev was carrying this this horrible knock, wasn't he? Uh, he probably, I think he said himself, he shouldn't have played. But he, he got us and he got us into positions where we went on and won the game. We got to the cup final. It, it's it's so encouraging now. 
Um, and there are so many players we, we, we can pick from. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, the key position for me in it all now is, is the props. Because we know that two, maybe three won't be playing in that Saints game. So it's, it's who fills them shirts. And you, to be fair, you're not worried like you would be in the past. First game up, you know, we've got no disrespect to any you know players that have been and gone, but they, they probably weren't up to the, the level of the player you would pick. Now, I don't think there's any difference in the, when you look at the squad, who, who you put in there. So, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, big thanks for your, your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Mike Woodbridge, strength in depth. Uh, Colin Wilson, uh, very promising performance. Uh, Dan Sargentson, uh, OSF, good run out, Escali. Um, Mark Rowe, lots of positives, Danny Addy. Uh, Stuart Shields, good workout, Dan Sargentson. Uh, Dave Wallin, top draw defence, Addy. I think he's got a point there, like you said, um, Paul. Defenses, defenses. Good teams are built on a strong defence, and and it showed that you know we have the makings of one on Sunday. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it's all about defence, isn't it? The, the, the modern game now, and a lot of sides are, are very structured, aren't they? And and you've got to be solid. You've got to be solid, and you've got to be shipping loads of points, and we can rely on you know scoring a ton. So uh, so yeah, you've got to get that right and. Completion rate's got to be good, which it was. You've got to play the conditions right. And we're still finding our feet as well, aren't we? We've got, you know, a lot of new players that have come in and we're going to get better as a side as the season goes on. But, uh, but yeah, I was impressed with with, with, with the players that... I mean, everybody really... I, I couldn't really pick a man of the match. I, I thought there were some really good performances. And it's difficult sometimes when you're making changes and players aren't all playing the 18 minutes. And, you know, another, another guy I forgot to mention before was Elijah Taylor. I thought he did a lot of... I noticed little bits of things that he did in the game where he, not when he was, not saying holding down, not being negative, but he did things in the tackle where he was spinning people and just buying us that bit of extra time. I think he's he's sort of a wise player. He's been around a lot of experience and did a lot of the, the things that you don't often see, a lot of the, the unsung stuff. So I think he, he's a really good sign. I think with Luke Yates going to Huddersfield, I think he's just as good him. I think he'll be just as good, if not better. So, uh that's a big call, that, because Luke Yates is a good player, but uh, but no, I was impressed with him. Is, is Elijah Taylor the new Luke Yates, Parker? Uh, absolutely. I've, I've watched uh, I've watched him for many years in the NRL, and I say many years, it's not like he's, you know, he's 35. He's, I think he's 30, 31. And as a forward, let's be honest, that's that's still prime. He's, he's a very talented uh, rugby league player, capable of playing in three, four positions on the team. And his experience will be key to that pack this season. Uh, I was impressed with him when he, when he came. And like Paul said, it's the little things that, certain, that the top pros do that you've got to learn. And, and don't always get spotted. You know, and I'm going to say this, and it's probably controversial. And people say, oh, it's only because, you know, whatever. But I think he's a better player than, uh, than the, the, the guy he's replaced, if you like. I think overall, He's just got so much. I mean, you don't play in the NRL for, what, 10, 12 years if you're not very good or, you, you know, you're a bit all right. He's he's a really, really good player, a good, a good clever forward. The type that don't think you get many of these days, especially if he's going to play at loose forward, which I think he's, could be his best position. He's going to be that link-up player as well uh, when we've got the ball in hand because he's got a great, great pair of hands on him. But defensively and work rate, you know, we, we've just we replaced what we we lost with. For me, better a better player. Um, Steve Bennett, uh, defensive line speed, Addy. 
BV owner, solid team performance, Ackers, and finally Paul Foster, great line speed, Paulie Paulie. Um, so yeah, great performance. I think it was good performance for a first hit out. Like we said, the intense levels, you know, were good. They were high, and I think it, it bodes well uh, for the season to come. So that's uh, the look back at the Wigan game. What we'll do now is look at all the big news coming out of the, the Salford Devils uh, this week. So we'll start with the fixture update. Uh, more fixtures have been announced uh, for the 2021 season. Um, Going to be shown on the R League app and Sky Sports at the moment. Uh, Catalan away is on the R League app. Lee uh, is the on R League app, and Casford is on Sky uh, Parky. I suppose that's the the one good thing about sort of the the pandemic is uh, sort of all games are on TV, so you can you you can sit and watch them. Not they're not great because obviously you'd love to be in the stadium, but at least you at least you're watching them. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the most of last season we watched them all from home or in the pub or whatever. I mean, in the pub, it sounds like a strange thing to say these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, as much as it's it's never great, and I'm I'm a terrible I'm terrible at watching on a telly. I, I'd only ever done it a few times before. Watched Salford on a telly when. I've been, you know, I've either been ill or whatever, just not been able to, to go. But it, it's one of the worst things. Do you think I'm not going to contribute to the team? Not that you ever do. It doesn't make a difference whether I'm there or not. And, and judging by my, my history of watching Salford, it'd probably be better if I wasn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's great. At least you get to see the boys, get to see what's going on. And, and I think, if I'm right in saying the Catalan game, is the weekend following the lockdown being removed. Uh, you can go and sit outside a pub or a restaurant or whatever you want. Um, so if any uh, any landlords are kind enough to stick screens up, I think you might make a few quid. Um, but yeah, so that, that's good. But yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be good to to watch. And I thought you know last season it, it was a great sort of replacement. I mean, because virtually every game was on, wasn't it? And you could watch you know three, four, five games within a couple of days. Um, it certainly filled a lot of time up, but. Uh, yeah, no, as long as we get to see the lads. And then, you know, we know what kind of form we're in and we know when we are allowed back in, who and what we're watching. And and you're going to get to see the other teams as well, which obviously you don't do because most weeks you get, what, two games on Sky. Now you're going to get a lot more, I think, and uh, you'll get a better uh, assessment of, of how the other teams are going. Yeah, I think it's been really good. I know, obviously, we've all wanted to go to the, the games, um, Paul, but it's given sort of fans that opportunity to, to watch the team on, on, on Sky or on the R-League app. I suppose the R-League app is, is sort of a, di- a different thing to Sky because it's not you're not tied down to a contract, are you, with, with, uh, with the R-League app. But they do produce some, some great um, sort of production. Um, I think it was well set out on, on Sunday. Commentary from was it George Riley and Alan Hunt. Uh, they were good. Um, a lot of people on on Facebook and Twitter are talking about they, they didn't like the sort of the style of the sort of knockabout sort of um, commentary, but I thought it was alright. I thought considering it was just a sort of a friendly game, and you know sometimes it's probably hard to get motivated really when you when it's only like a a preseason friendly. But I thought it was alright. I didn't hear it, Rob. So I, I can't really comment on that. What do you mean by knockabout? Well, they were just kind of talking about general stuff and then sort of, oh, yeah, but this guy's running in and, and doing this. And they just started talking about other stuff rather than what was going on on the on the field when some people actually want sort of to commentate on what's actually going on, which which is which is sort of 
difficult sometimes. Um, I don't know. Some some people have different styles. People people have different styles of, of commentary, don't they? Really. Yeah, I think yeah. I think if I was commentating on a game, I won't be talking about rugby league in general. Really, you should be talking about the match you're watching, shouldn't you? But I don't know. I can't really comment because I didn't. I didn't watch it on the hour league app. So, uh, so yeah, um, I've never. I don't think I've ever watched a, a game on that hour league app. To be honest with you, um, I have got it on my, my little iPad, but I'm not that. I'm not that technical with stuff like that. So, uh, but no, I'll check it out. I think the games on Sky have been good. I'm not like the biggest fan of Sky Sports going, to be honest. I must admit, I prefer the BBC coverage, but um, it's the best thing people can do at the moment, is it, without being to, able to go to the match. But, you know, just counting the days now, I don't think it's that long, is it, until you can start, you know, going to the matches again and you know, with a bit of luck, sort of May, June time, people can get back in the stadiums. I think it'll be great then. I think it'll be great for the, the players. Must be weird for the players playing in empty, empty stadiums and being able to hear your your, your voice going round the the ground and that. I mean, well, at the match on Sunday, I did a, a match report at the end of the game, and I was more or less whispering because everyone in the ground could hear me talking. So I thought I need to be quiet here because all the other people were like typing away and you know, beavering away into the laptop. So I thought I need to be quiet. So it's so eerie in, in in the grounds at the moment. It's uh, no, it's it's not good. It's not good. You know, when the crowds are back, it'll be great. Yeah, talking about when we get back into it, uh, the Super League have decided to go for a points percentage uh, for the the final standings. Uh, Parker, uh, they say that over seventy percent of the games need to be played um, to sort of qualify for a playoff spot, or you get more points than than the other teams. Um, if seven or more players um, sort of get COVID in the in the squad, uh, you can look to postpone the fixture. Um, Fixtures um, can only be kind of rescheduled as if it's rescheduled if there's a sort of a week free. It's a bit like last, a bit like last season, really. Uh, there'll be no dual reg. Uh, the loan period is going down from four weeks to two weeks, um, and you can. This is this is the only difference, really, Parky. That if you've got an academy, um, you can draft people uh, from your academy into your first team, um, and then obviously from your first team into a uh, sort of international uh, team, um, just from a flow, just with a flow test rather than having to do a, a proper test and then self isolate. So that, I think that's the only kind of difference between this year and last year, really, when it comes to availability of players. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be disappointed this year if we lo- if we lose too many games through COVID. The, the, you know, the, the protocols are well in place now. The clubs know what they've got to do. The players should know. You know, they've got a responsibility to themselves and to the clubs. You know, the people who pay the money. Uh, pay the wages to them. I know it, it can be unavoidable. I'm not, you know, I'm not making light of this. Let's be honest. But I'd be, I'd be disappointed if we don't fulfil 95% of the fixtures um, this year. I, I, I don't, you know, obviously the vaccines are well on its way to most people. You know, these are mostly fit and healthy young men playing this sport. Uh, I know it, it can affect you, but they, they have got a responsibility, and the clubs have obviously got a massive responsibility. So. I can see why the points, things, uh, the percentage things come in. Uh, I don't like it because you know it takes doing maths, doesn't it? Half the time, and nobody's got time for that. You can add two points onto everything uh, whenever you want, but um, but yeah, if that's the way it's going to be, it's the safest way. But I think I think it's a bit probably a bit early to make that that decision. I don't know if it, it's maybe I don't know. Uh, perhaps a bit of a cop out. You get up to a great start and you've won, you know. 10 games or something like that early on 
percentage is obviously up there. You might have a load of tough games coming up and you have to cancel them or you can't play certain. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But I, I understand why they've done it. But I'd, just be, I'd be very disappointed if we go through some of what we went through last year, especially especially the efforts that, I must admit, our, our club made. You know, we, we were really, really good. And we, we made virtually every game, I think. Uh, there was one, obviously, which we were, were heavily punished for. Um, when that was through injuries rather than just COVID. Um, so, yeah, a little bit disappointing they've made this decision now, but I suppose at least all the clubs know and, and you know we know what we're working for. I suppose they make the decision now so then they don't have to make it halfway through the season and everyone talks about moving goalposts. If they make it now, then the decision's made and we can all go on together, can't we, Parker? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing. They, you know, they, they do have a decision to make, um, but I don't know. I do, I do worry about it being, what's the word, manipulated a little bit, uh, possibly. I know you've got to prove it, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it's just me. I'm not, I don't trust people that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. no, they, they made the decision, and we all know now from the start of the season, that's how it's going to work. And, uh, you know, hopefully it works out evenly in the end anyway. You know, I love a good conspiracy theory, me. You know me, Parker. But yeah. I think when you say it could be manipulated, I think it'd be pretty hard to sort of like fake a kind of a COVID kind of like uh, breakout and everyone would have to self-isolate, wouldn't they? You know what I mean? So it'd be a, it'd be a massive problem, wouldn't it, for everybody just to think, well, we'll miss next week and play the week after. I don't, I don't think I don't think they'll, you know, teams that would want to risk it. Because obviously, if they if they actually do have a COVID outbreak, start two weeks later, then obviously they'll they'll be the questions will be asked, won't they? Yeah, I just think there were certain clubs last year who, you know, I might be wrong again, but used it to their benefit at the back end of the year. Some of them teams who missed possibly three, four games to the back end of the season, you know, I, I, that they might have got beaten in anyway. I just, you know, that's what worries me a little bit. I know what you mean, and there has to, surely there's got to be evidence given. That your players do have COVID and it's not just something else, but um, I don't know. I I just yeah. I mean, it's there now, and we you know we just got to got to run with it. Yep. Um, the the club are looking for fans uh, to appear on the fan zone. Um, if you've got Sky Plus or Sky Q, um, and you want to be on the the fan zone broadcast. Um, contact the club at inquiries at sulfuredevils.net. Um Something you fancy doing, Parky? I know, Paul, you you love being at the game, don't you? So you, there's no chance of you getting on this fan zone, is there? I don't know. I, I thought I had a face for radio anyway, Rob. They'd <laughs> let me on, on a fan zone. My friend, Roy Ellaby, was on it a few times last season. Um, the, the old fan zone. So, yeah, it's a good idea, though. It's great seeing people cheering. Hopefully, we're, we're cheering loads of tries for us. <laughs> I watch it on Now TV, so that counts me out. What about you, Parker? Uh, I think I think the the, uh, the the sort of pile up of, of empty beer cans sat around me while I watched the game would, <laughs> would put Sky off a little bit and not promote the game in the right way. I don't think I'm the right person for that. Plus, you know, if they ever show anything that when it's when it's not gone for us, uh, I know you can't hear me, but I'm sure people can lip read and. Uh, There'll be certain hand gestures and so on. So, um, yeah, probably not for me. But, uh, no, it is good. It is good. And when you see somebody, you know, you say, oh, look who it is there. But, um, yeah, but it'd be good. And I think it's a good chance for people who can't, you know, even in the future, that can't get to games. 
to play to you know have some part to it. So even when we are opening stadiums up, there's still be people who can't go for whatever reason. They have to be at home. Um, I think it's a good. Thing. They used to do it in football as well on Sky. They used to have like that fan thing, didn't they? And um, I don't know if they still do. Or people who you know who live abroad can be part of that whole the whole event. You know, Salford fans living in you know Spain or wherever. Uh, I'd like to see it sort of done that way and, and people given a chance there. But uh, I don't. I don't think I'd be. Uh, I don't think I'd be quite right. Plus, I don't sit still very much, so uh, you know, I don't. I don't think my uh, any camera would keep me keep focused enough. <laughs> well, there will there will be people out there who fancy a bit of that. So contact the club um, and get you know, get your name on the list. Talking about getting back in the stadiums, um, Paul. There's um, the club have announced that they've got kind of a priority tickets um, for different. Uh, sort of groups of fans. If you're a season ticket holder and a squad builder contributor, you you get the sort of pri- uh, priority ticket. If obviously you apply for one, uh, then it goes season tickets, then squad builder, and then it goes to a sort of an open ballot for any tickets that are left. Um, good idea. I think it's good that the, the club are getting organised in in this situation. So um, when fans are able to go back into uh, the stadium and they have an organised process to select who can go in yeah I think I think it's probably the only way you can do things really I mean another one for me would be people who bought a season ticket last season and who do donated the money back to the club I think they've got to be down there as well I presume if you had a season ticket last season or you've got one this season you just you just buy one every year don't you so, uh, so yeah, you've got to do it like that. You can't really just let anybody go in willy-nilly. You've got to let your, your loyal support in first, haven't you? So, uh, I don't think there'll be a problem. I think all the season ticket holders will get in. I'm not being negative, but I don't think we've, we've got that many season ticket holders. We've maybe two and a half thousand, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing here. So, if we've got that many, yeah, great. And hopefully they can all get in and, and, and see the game. And, you know, look at this. I don't really watch a lot of this COVID stuff, but I read something the other day and it said about restrictions possibly getting lifted in, in June. So if they lift all these restrictions in June, surely you'll be able to go to the match then, won't you? So June's not that long off, is it? So uh, you know, you're talking a month after May. So hopefully if you supporters who haven't got season tickets after miss one or two games, you can all get back in there in, there in June because the sooner we can get people in the stadiums, uh, the better really. So, uh, so yeah, you've got to start somewhere, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for, for me though, Parker, I think members of the supporters trust that should that could have been a category before we, we got to open ballot obviously they're supporting the, the the club through the supporters trust you know they could have been a, a priority uh, option yeah I, I'm so I'm I'm very split on this and I've had conversations with other people um, about it I mean if, if if you've had a season ticket for the last 30 40 years, but for whatever reason, this year you can't afford one, or you, you know, whatever you, you're down the pecking order. It seems a bit unfair, you know. Someone could come along this season with, for the first time, buy a season ticket, get a squad builder, and they're more preferential than than you are because you didn't get a season ticket. I don't know there will be restrictions on crowds, but if it's only home fans anyway, and the restrictions are three and a half thousand, I like Paul said, I don't want to be overly negative, but. Really? Have we got three and a half thousand fans? I'm not I'm not that sure we have. Um look judging by our crowds. So but I just think it's I think there's too many categories in the way. I understand what they're doing, but for me, yeah, okay, get go to season ticket holders. I think that, that you know, if you've got a season ticket, that's your right. You've paid already for for that game. Um the squad builder I think 
Yeah, you see, it's probably an encouragement, but it could be done separately. But I agree with things like the supporters trust, the people who've already put their money in, and you know, you can do it that way. Uh, but I just, I just worry that you know there are people in situations, especially at the moment with so many people, you know, losing their jobs, that they may not have prioritised buying a season ticket this year, or they may have got one for themselves, but not for the partner this year. You know, and what you're going to do, you're going to split the family because one of them can go and one can. I know it's it's an impossible situation, but uh, it seems not elitist, but you know what I mean. It, it, it doesn't sit comfortably with me, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, for, for me, I, I think there's a long way to run before we get anywhere near people going in stadiums. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's great that they've got like a, a plan set up. Um, so when it is safe to go back into stadiums, you, you can. Um I think it's also good that they've, they've kind of like um, said there's milestones for season tickets. Say if we sell, you know, 100 more season tickets, 200 more season tickets, they'll kind of announce uh, sort of prizes for season tickets holders who have already bur- purchased uh, a season ticket. Get, I think you're putting it in a drawer, I think, which is great. Um, sort of makes people think, well, I, I might buy a season ticket now to get a chance to win a prize, um, Paul. Yeah, another category would be if you had a jab, if you had the jab, you can go. So there you go. But if you had your two jab, you can you can go because you you saw it. So yeah, it, it's it's like Pag, it? it's difficult. It's it's like you know, yeah, I can think of people that have had tickets for for donkeys years and season tickets and have ploughed loads of money into the club and yeah they might not have one this year because they've lost a job or they, they can't afford one and that. So it, it's a difficult time. It, it really is and. You know, to categorise people like that, it, it doesn't always sit right with me. That so, uh, so I don't know. I'm just hoping that there's massive progression with all these jabs and it all gets done. And you know, the the thing starts coming down. They say to us, "Well, yeah, it, it is all right now. You're outside. I mean, you're outside in the in the, the the open air. You've had your jab. I mean, even if they say to you, just keep your mask on while you're in there until the end of the season, and that that lowers it again, doesn't it? Surely mm. by sort of summertime." You know, because it's like you were saying before about the, the players getting tested. How long is this going to be for now? Are we going to carry on this like forever? Yeah. Or once they've had them two jabs, sh- surely like this time next year, that that's that's it. Then you can't be testing players forever. This this you just can't carry on, can it? I mean, there's going to be a point in time where surely to God you do get back to some sort of normality. So that's that's my sort of take on it. I think what it is, it's the new norm, and it's a new. New normal and well, no, I don't think viruses mutate, I, don't they? So well, I think yeah, the race is to get as many people vaccinated as possible. So obviously, until it, it mutates again, so then they have to start the vaccination again. Um, I think obviously got. The, I think I saw it on Twitter. They're talking about the England um, was it international friendlies mid-season, people buying tickets, and on the um, like the information thing, it says that you kind of have to wear a mask. Uh, why you're watching a match, um, and people were saying, "Well, it's, it's ages off yet. You know, we don't know what it's going to be like um, in June or whether they're going to play it." And f- for me, I, th- I think it's going to it'll be it's, it's going to be the new normal. And people have to kind of get their head round that it's not going to be what it used to be. Even you know, like people go at the match with a, a sort of a face visor or, or a or a mask. I think that's probably going to be the normal. For, that's just my opinion I've got nothing to back that up but I, I think if you look at the, the science and the way the scientists talk they're always talking about 
mutations and and I think testing players. I think that'll just be a, a new norm, Paul. I think it'll it'll just be you a, a you, thing that you happens. Really think so? Do you really think so? I mean, we have got like flu and things like that we've had for years, mm. and all of a sudden now you've got this new thing. You think that's it's just going to be like that? But I, I, I don't think so. Well, I think eventually you have to learn to live with it. You can't live your life walking around with a bloody visor on, and I mean, never open anywhere up again. And no. I'll never go to a nightclub again. Never go to a concert again. Or you can't do this. Life can't can't go on like that, can it? It's got some. Sometimes you have to take a risk. You cannot just stay in your house and. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think eventually, if everyone's had a jab, what's and, and we, we're not, it's not sort of you're not catching it off anybody. But the risk has sort of gone. Eventually, the risk surely should drop down and, and go. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think it's a new norm for now, but I, I don't think it's going to be like that forever. The thing with the thing with flu, um, Paul, is is that when we, in our sort of summer, we go to places that are in the winter and and sort of get the sort of the ingredients and how to combat the flu in their winter and bring it back to us for our winter so it, it, it and we don't we don't that just happens it just happens naturally it's an occurrence and the flu vaccination is tweaked every year to to make sure that people don't catch the flu in our winter you know what i mean so i think it would be a bit like that um but i suppose this we don't really know we don't know, do we? We're not we're not scientists, are we? We're not from Sage. We don't know how quick this thing mutates. Um, but is the way I just think it's going to be life is it's going to be it's going to be a new normal for everyone, me. I disagree with that, mate. I don't know. I think I'll have to beg to differ. On what that do you one, think, mate? Parker? What, should, what what do you reckon? Uh, listen, like you say, I'm not. You know, we're not we're not doctors. We're not scientists. We don't. I don't know. I mean. I think in the short term, it, it, this this new norm, as people call it, is it, it is going to be in place, and probably, you know, this year for the rest of this year. I think it, I think things will change and go back to something like normal. I mean, I can't imagine ever going in a in a nightclub, and I could end that statement right there. But <laughs> I, I I could never imagine going in and having to wear a face mask. Do you, you know what I mean? I don't I don't understand how that that could ever carry on. You, you know, these places are hot and sticky and you, you're having a drink. You're going to have to take your mask off every two seconds to sip your pint or your bottle of beer or whatever you're having. So I, I don't I don't think it's going to be around forever. I know. But when it, when it comes to, to rugby league, like Paul pointed out, or, or any sport, we're outdoors. Mm. You know, indoor is, is completely different. And they admitted a while ago that being outdoors is, is obviously safer. It's not safe at the moment until everybody's, you know, vaccinated and we... We've got control at least of some of this, but I think being outside in the sports stadium is is easier. And as it is, I mean, we're lucky. We've got a big, big enough stadium. You know, it's twelve thousand capacity. It, if we get five thousand in, there's still enough space for everybody yeah. to be slightly apart from each other. So I, I, I don't have a problem. But I could see it changing even later this year when they let people in. That before the end of the season, you could even be back to you know, 70, 80% capacitor. So, I mean, it's interesting when I watch the NRL over the weekend, you know, seeing crowds in there. I know it, it varied from state to state, but I think Penrith had 80% capacity and, you know, it, they've seemed to have moved it on a little bit. So I think I think we will get there, but I don't think this time next year we'll be in quite in the same same position. 
yeah, I watched England cricket against was it India, and there was like eighty thousand Indians in a in a in a stadium. No one was wearing a mask, and then two weeks later, the two days later, they decide the next game is going to be play behind closed doors because of a spike. So you don't know. I say it's 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 all in the air, and we don't know we don't know what's what's going to happen. But I'm sure the club and and the rugby league and the government and the sport are all getting their heads together now to 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 sort of plan out because because obviously we miss going to the game, don't we? That's the, that's part of the the love of the the sport in it, the the crowd and the interaction and the and the noise, and you miss all that, don't you, Paul? Yeah, you certainly do, and I think you know. You sometimes you've got to take a bit of a risk in life. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's people who yeah. probably are still worried about it. And you know, when say restrictions do get lifted, you don't have to go. No one's forcing you to go. You know, it's like if you if you're not you don't fancy going in a supermarket or you don't fancy going in a shopping centre or you don't fancy doing this, you just you don't don't do it, do you? So um I think once you've had your, your protection and your, your jabs and things, you you just you just carry on, don't you? It's normal sort of thing, but it's difficult. It's like we're not saying this, are we? We don't really know what's going on. Nothing ever like this has happened before, has it? So just got to look at things positively, haven't you? I mean, if you go back sort of six months ago, we was facing sort of a lockdown and things like that and not going out anywhere, whereas now there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So you just sort of cling on to that, don't you? And hopefully things are going to get better. So that that's how I tend to look at life anyway. So, uh, yeah, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, it will. It, life will. The sun will shine again, and mm-hmm. uh, life will be. Uh, life will be. Uh, will be back to normal ish. Um, other news, good things happening. Uh, Salford City Roosters' new clubhouse has um, started being built. Um, Parker, good news for your former club. Yeah, more more good news in, in you know like we mentioned a few weeks ago in the in the fortieth year. You know, it's it's great to see progress. It's nice. It's nice to see you know our amateur clubs getting. Getting better facilities. It's, it's so tough to entice people to go and play, you know, to play rugby league in a in a, in a city in a, an area that's dominated by football. Um, but once you go there, and I, I, you know, hopefully, I mean, I've not seen the full plan, but it'd be more of a, a venue, perhaps for you know, for, for people out celebrating things when when we can again. So it'll raise a bit more revenue for the club and more facilities and and promote promote rugby league within the city. Uh, I, I'm delighted for him, and it, you know it, it, it's not before time uh, that there was some, you know, something going on at a few of our amateur clubs to to, to make the facilities better. Um, so yeah, it'd be great, and, and you know, hopefully see how it goes. But I mean, let's not forget it's it's on the doorstep of the stadium, really. You know, pre-match, post-match. If it, you know, if they've got great facilities there to get more people in, again. It, it's a good place for us to go and have a drink and a chat about rugby league, and it's it's great for for uh, for the club to make a bit of money out of. So I think it's a win-win. Yeah, one of our top amateur sides, um, Paul, and and you know facilities like that will will attract new people into our sport. Yeah, certainly, and you know without being negative to to the Rooster, they, they've had a, a bit of a tough time, haven't they, the last couple of seasons and. You know, struggle sometimes to, to get a squad together for one, one reason or another, and you know it's difficult that that league that they've been playing in, and then the, the sort of the conference leagues, the good leagues, good standards, some good sides in there, and uh, 
I know my dad goes watching Rochdale Mayfield quite a bit, and the standard they play in that conference premier, there's just bloody good players in there. You know, you look at the uh, the lad Ashton who went and signed for for Swinton and went on to Warrington. So, so there's some real gems in 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 sort of the those amateur sides, and and yeah, it'd be good to see it happening again. I've missed reporting on the. The, the amateur team. It seems like ages since they played. So, uh, so yeah, let's hope they get some new players down there and get people attracted to it. And you know, there's potential there for them to be a really big club again. So I am looking forward to reporting on the the amateur sides when they get back playing. And hopefully, there's going to be some news new soon. I was reading some amateur news in the League Express this week that hopefully there'll be something sorted soon. They get some fixtures out and uh, be great to see them back in action. Yep. Uh, so uh, that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Parking over great show. Yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it. We've discussed a, a whole range, of, you know, a whole gamut of uh, of subjects. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've got we've seen a game, it's one out of the way now, and we move on to the to the real business. And hopefully, you know, next time we we get a chance to all have a have a chat, it's uh, that's what we're discussing. Another win for the team. Yeah, it's been great talking all things. Uh, well, all things, pal. All things, Paul. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and it's a week on Friday now before our, our match against. Uh, Against St. Helens, looking forward to that. I don't think it's being played at, at St. Helens' ground, if, it, if my memory serves me. I think, is it behind closed door at Edinburgh? I don't think it's at Langley yeah. Park. I know what Park is saying before about our crap record at St. Helens, but to be honest, we've not done too bad at Edinburgh. We've been beat Saints at Edinburgh last season. So, uh, so yeah, really looking forward to that now. I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Challenge Cup this weekend as well. The uh, Championship sides and, and League One sides in the Challenge Cup this weekend. So I think a few of them games are on the Our League app as well. So if you're scratching around for something to do, get, get one of them on and get your rugby league fix. Yeah, uh, big thanks for tuning in uh, to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Rodo Contact, and Spotify. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Ha, 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 ha.